0: Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn.
1: Thanks for joining us. It is Wednesday, feels like a Friday on The Morning Answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn here with you and uh, happy Thanksgiving. We are just one day away from Turkey Day.
2: Wonderfully a Wednesday. Womp, womp, a loop, hop the weekends here on your. Morning, answer with Brian and Jennifer. Happy Thanksgiving, my love. We've said that a couple of times, but now it's really the rubbers beating the road here.
1: That's right. We don't want to be look. We don't want to be ungrateful. This is a week of gratitude, so uh, we give the happy Thanksgivings and the thank yous for joining us because you. Make getting up extra early extra easy because we know we get to all come in and hang out together.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you know all of this uh, all of this talk of Thanksgiving with the turkey pardoning happening yesterday at the White House. And did you see Governor Andrew Cuomo? On, Speaking uh, of turkeys, <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> he won the Emmy award for uh, for dazzling uh, uh, television appearances and and uh, using television from, from the Emmys. Uh, he got an Emmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that yesterday. It's not a joke uh, for his uh, covid briefings uh, in New York state of course Andrew Cuomo is the governor there the son of the late great Mario Cuomo the first man for whom I ever voted in my life
1: You were a, a, you were a Cuomo from uh, from way back yeah Andrew Cuomo yes. yesterday uh, making he, some news He said
2: that uh, you know he gave us a lecture he does have the healthy degree of that going on you know where everything that's part of our lives he like you know says Oh, yeah, I know we all, it's holidays, come by for a drink, it's holidays, let's meet up for lunch. And he sort of, like, diminishes everything that most of us actually <laughs> do during the holiday season. But then he said this, and I want to keep the words of Andrew Cuomo fresh. It's to be a profound Thanksgiving. This is actually one that's more special than ever before. And I, take the, take Andrew Cuomo out, the fact that, those we spend Thanksgiving with, and by the way, it's an odd moment for that to be kind of a shocking thing to say on the radio, uh, that folks are well and that folks have, uh, have come so far through so much, and uh, I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful that you have, and you is to you who hears these words. You and all of the others. Oh, so, and that
1: you have. Sorry, I that you
2: more. I thought that, that, was, I thought I that was a and dramatic I mean, it, pause. It, it, it is kind of a year to, to do an inventory and go, wow, yeah. what am I grateful this
1: for. This was one of those years, I think, that um, you do – it was one of those years of a lot of self-reflection, mostly because we had no choice but to stay home and self-reflect. And yeah, so I have
2: mirrors everywhere in my apartment. There's mirrors everywhere. So I just see me all the time.
1: Well, that's your favorite, right? <laughs> yeah, not anymore, <laughs> though.
2: I have enough of me sitting alone with the isolation and all that.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about the isolation and the very controversial decision from L.A. County to shut down outdoor dining. Remember, today is the last day in L.A. County you can dine outdoors. And starting tomorrow, they blocked that for at least three weeks. And this controversy started brewing um, on yesterday's program, not on our program, but we covered it.
2: We reflected the controversy brewing.
1: When uh, Dr. Barbara Ferrer on Monday was asked about this decision to close down outdoor dining, and she was asked by a news reporter where the direct link for the science was, basically. he The reporter said, "Can we? is there a direct correlation between this coronavirus surge that you're talking about in L.A. County and outdoor okay. dining?
2: Tell us why the outdoor diners, as a gathering, is is are more likely to be sick, or show us that they are more likely to be sick. Did she ever get back to them with so the answer?
1: She said, "Oh yes, we have that, but I can't find it. It's not at my fingertips. Ah, we'll get order. back to you." Now, right. fast forward to yesterday, they had an L.A. County Board of Supervisors meeting. Catherine Barger, one of the supervisors, had come out earlier in the day saying that she was not supportive of this shutdown and that she actually introduced a motion to have them revisit this, basically so that they would keep the outdoor dining from shutting down. So they started this hearing, and Barbara Ferrer is there. She's uh, she's sitting there giving her testimony essentially to the board of supervisors who asked her directly right. again about the science. And, Brian, she said she didn't have it. In fact, we'll get the audio in just a few moments.
2: She what said is she, she waiting for,
1: Christmas? <laughs> she said she didn't have it. And uh, then she said, we're referring not locally. We don't have a local study that reflects that there is a connection between outdoor dining and COVID. What we've been doing is using the CDC study. But here's the problem with the CDC study she referred to. It's national, first of all. We're in California. Right. But more importantly, it dealt with indoor and outdoor dining, not just outdoor, as she said. Now, they're making a big decision that impacts Thousands of people's livelihoods in L.A. County, thousands of restaurants affected within the county of Los Angeles that will have to shut down on Thanksgiving, one of their busiest days probably of the year. And And she did it with no science to back it up.
2: Well, and in fairness, um, the the the. She did it some either the mayor's office who signed it's it. It's her I mean,
1: recommendation and the Board of Supervisors votes on it. Now Janice well, but, Hahn actually decided that she was going to stand with Catherine Barger. She said, This is ridiculous. If there's no science, why are we doing this? But before so it was two vote.
2: Before yesterday, was it the Board of Supervisors that made this a reality? Because we talk about the reality, but I know the mayor believes it's appropriate. I mean, you know, so I know they'd all be in the pool, but I don't know actually the, the body that is able I don't think it's the like, it's the
1: Board of Supervisors. the The mayor right. runs L.A. City. The county is L.A. is the Board of Supervisors. They're the ones with the, uh, with
2: the with the vote on this, right? So you mentioned something really critical. We talked about it yesterday. Uh, the, the questioning to Dr. Barbara Fair of L.A. County Department of Public Health, the 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 director there. Same question from the reporter previously. She told the reporter, "I get back to you." She told the Board of Supervisors, "I don't have it. I, I I get back to you." And as you and I said, if if it was this. Dangerous. I mean, just assuming for a moment, outdoor dining is this high risk compared to as we spoke yesterday, people in a metro, which is a, basically a tube, and they, they, and it's a dense area sometimes, depending upon how many people are traveling. And uh, so why? So why is a very fair and and it's a and it's a must answer. Well, it's I, it's something we all. But Pasadena, let's just go down the one thirty four. Yeah, their board of health in Pasadena has not judged outdoor dining or dining as this problematic. And in Pasadena, as is in Orange County, you can go outdoors and dine there. Yeah, There are only two
1: counties in L.A. County that have their own board of health, their own city council. One of them is Pasadena. Pasadena is refusing to follow this order. But keep this in mind. There are now three L.A. County supervisors and one unelected public health director who is not a medical doctor, who are pushing forward with an order that is going to put out, I mean, that could be really just the ultimate end for restaurants in L.A. County. L.A. County is uh, is large. It encompasses over 10 million of us. And the fact that they're putting tens of thousands of people out of work is uh, pretty ridiculous economically. And for the safety, Brian, because I was thinking about this driving in today. We've been told that there's direct evidence and science saying that small gatherings and people's gatherings at homes are actually linked to coronavirus outbreaks because people are comfortable. They're taking their masks off. There's no science that says outdoor dining is the case. So what L.A. County has effectively or done.
2: Outdoor dining has the same result as what you're saying, right?
1: Well, what L.A. County has done is taken people out of a safe environment outdoor dining with lots of controls, restrictions, and health measures in place. And they're pushing them to the small gatherings that are actually causing the spike in coronavirus cases. This well, makes I, no sense economically, and it makes no sense medically. There is no science to back this up.
2: Right, I, I, I can appreciate what you're saying and sort of agree with you that practically, if you can't go to a restaurant and, be, and, and, and the management of the restaurant Make sure you're socially distanced from the other diners. If that's no longer an option, well, then folks, as you point out, will be left to be home. Yeah. Or, or at, dare I say, as shock jocks we are, someone else's home. That's what and, I mean. And there's no one there to make sure they're socially distant. I think that's a very important point you just made. And, and I'll say this to you. It was not just the Fab Five, the Board of Supervisors, that uh, failed to end the ban on outdoor dining, which goes into effect very late tonight, Wednesday, but also an L.A. Superior Court judge declined yesterday, Tuesday, to block a ban on outdoor dining from going into effect. And it was an 11th hour plea by the uh, state's leading restaurant group, the California Restaurant Association. Mm-hmm. They filed a lawsuit challenging the ban uh, by county health officials. So that answers uh, and, a previous question. And they sought uh, an emergency order uh, against uh, fr- to halt the ban from taking effect. The judge they, ruled against the restaurant if association. If
1: they choose, if the association chooses to push this, if they push it up in the courts, there is no way that this is going to be able to stand. And, by the way, there's another piece, uh, another lawsuit that L.A. County is going to have to deal with. Remember Mark Garagos? <laughs> I the do. attorney. The well, defense he also, attorney, very prominent
2: defense attorney. He also at one point. owns
1: a restaurant in LA County and he is uh, suing the LA County Board of Supervisors and the public health director for this ruling. Let's hear the moment that this happened and you can hear how ridiculous it sounds. Make up your own mind. This is yesterday. LA County Board of Supervisors meeting and vote on blocking this ban of rest, uh, of outdoor dining and restaurants starting tonight.
0: Uh, the best
2: data to give you in relationship to uh, the contributions that uh, come from people dining out at restaurants when you cannot wear your face covering uh, while you
0: eat and drink uh, is comes from actually the CDC. Uh, there was a case-controlled study, which is the highest standard that we have in terms of looking at data, uh, that get, uh, assessed information from 11 outpatient health care facilities and 10 states uh, and noted that, Uh, the cases were two times more likely uh, to have gone find out at a restaurant uh, than those who were negative. Uh, So that's the best information that we have that's very specific to restaurants.
2: I want to reiterate that I am opposed to the closure of outdoor dining at restaurants. And after hearing Dr. Davis say that the evidence being used in the CDC study, and it's the best info we have after seven months, we have not been tracking that info, actually reaffirms how upset I am about the fact that I feel this is arbitrary and punitive toward outdoor dining at restaurants.
1: That's the voice of Catherine Barger, one of the Board of Supervisors. The first voice you heard, Dr. Muntu Davis, who uh, came up on the request of Barber Fair to talk about the information they used to make this decision, which, again, to reiterate, was a CDC study done months ago on a national level, and it was a study that included indoor and outdoor dining. This wasn't about outdoor dining in Los Angeles, yet that's the decision that was made hurting restaurants and uh and really a lot of citizens who may now be thrown into harm's way because they can't go to a restaurant.
2: And for the or just have their liberty stripped from them. It's and crazy. I think that what we're finding here this week with the curfew and now the once again the banning of the restaurants, every person will answer for themselves. Everyone has a point where they go, Okay, the liberties are being stripped too much. For me it was the curfew. That's yep. just too much in a free society. But uh more on this. And what did Pasadena find out that allows their health department to keep restaurants open? They just said, hey, it seems like everybody's doing fine. All right. We will continue to follow that
1: story. Joe Biden uh, leaning on foreign policy establishment to make his uh, policy moving forward. Is that the right move? And is he alienating a really important group? As your Wednesday Morning Answer continues. (laughs)
0: Every morning, breaking news and talk you can trust. This is The Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan.
1: Thanks for joining us on your Wednesday morning answer. Happy Thanksgiving from all of us to all of you. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn with you. And it seems, Brian, that Joe Biden had a couple of availabilities yesterday. He'll be out speaking again today. Uh, yesterday he did an interview with Lester Holt, which we will hear about in uh, in a bit. And but-
2: they were socially distanced. Did you see that? Joe looked like he was, uh, there was plexiglass. They were, they were far away from each other. <laughs> so I'm weird. serious. It, it, what it was a weird really, year. <laughs> it was weird to look at,
1: actually. <laughs> so strange. But uh, Joe Biden earlier in the day started things out by introducing his national security team. And uh, we've talked about some of the names on this list. One of the things that I think many people were looking at was to see if there would be a spot for Elizabeth Warren, for Bernie Sanders, some of the other people that ran against Joe Biden. We haven't seen those announcements yet. What we have seen are some familiar names from the Obama administration and Joe Biden reannounced or reintroduced those people to the American public yesterday and he's been met with mixed reviews. Now, from conservatives like me, I say this feels like Obama 3.0, and I didn't really much like what happened the first time around. I think that we we lost a step. We were leading from behind. We weren't really a strong America. Instead, we were an America that apologized for itself. But... Conservatives aren't the only group of people that are kind of upset with these nominations. The other part of uh, of Biden's problem is that the progressives, the AOC, the squads of the world, they're not super excited either because these are members from, for a tr- using a Trump term, the swamp that uh, that have been associated with the way things were traditionally. And I think AOC and her partners in the squad want to see a promise delivered to them that he was going to lead in a more progressive way.
2: Yeah, I'm reminded of of uh, a couple of things. W- when President Trump... Uh, took the oath of office and became our president back in 2017 in January after winning the 2016 election. The arrival of people like Steve Bannon, the arrival of people like our colleague, our friend, Dr. Seb Gorka, was so different from the kind of uh, expected kind of middle of the road, you know, typical, for lack of a better term, people that you see nominated uh, for these appointments. And And he took heat
1: for that, by the way.
2: Well, that's right. And that's why it got heat, because it was so different. It's not really unusual to see career government people rise at some point to the level of a cabinet position on, at a presidential administration. George W. Bush uh, said uh, not long ago, you campaign one way, and then you, you quickly realize <laughs> that when you govern, there's a whole set of different realities and circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true, you know, So, um, so, so you see people from the last Democratic administration, the Obama administration, which also, by the way, you see them at the podium because Joe Biden is one of them. So he worked with a lot of these people. And uh, not all of the uh, of the Trump folks go on January 20. But um, and some usually stay a handful, you know, from some treasury often stays sometimes. There's a few cabinet positions that don't get turned over, but we don't know about that.
1: I guess what's most notable to me and you brought up. Trump, I wasn't actually going to even even go there, but some of the, the way that people handled Trump's announcements got well, me the thinking The people yesterday. the president has
2: around him. That's well, the issue.
1: it got me thinking again about the news media's handling of this. You know, yesterday, I was actually listening to uh, people on CNN and MSNBC crowing about these picks. There was even a headline in the newspaper calling Biden's cabinet picks so far a team of superheroes. Now, Okay. It's a bit much. It's a bit. Much. Do you think that that was ever the case with, uh, with President Trump? Did he ever get like a pat on the back? Not even – let's say Mad Dog well, Mattis, who how about uh, this? I think a lot of people liked. He was never like, oh, gosh, yes, he's bringing in Mad Dog. What a superhero. Well, it Mad was dog... always insults from all over the place. And the but... news media is now like just running around like a dog who just got a big hunk of meat, and they're just running around going, oh, these people are so fantastic. Are they going to really – Show well, then- how dishonest they are. And they've been so tough on Trump for four years that they're going to now just back off and just go, yes, Biden, mm-hmm. whatever you say. Oh, this well, here's is great. The- These people are superheroes. Ugh.
2: Well- I don't think they're superheroes, uh, but you do remember the White House doctor saying President Trump was, uh, you know, so uh, healthy it was unbelievable.
1: Different than the whole entire news media, the whole entire press pool that surrounds politics in this country. It's a little different than Ronnie Jackson saying the president is pretty healthy, which by all accounts he is.
2: A person who uh, a person who has had scandal or has some sort of issue uh, that is nominated will be uh, the media will bring that to the attention of. The, the the governed because it's a good story. But let me say that the Wall Street Journal, which I read all the time, I, I tell you that uh, it's not, you know, the editorial crowd at the Wall Street Journal, not a liberal rag. Right. We understand that. Here's how they describe, Jennifer, the Biden picks for uh well Homeland Security and uh, Secretary of State, et cetera. In his early picks, Biden is leaning on people who have extensive government experience, which is kind of what we said earlier, and in many cases, a history of working with him now, uh, don't we all? Some don't don't all, don't a lot of us. When we have a position to bring people into a professional environment, look to people that we've worked with previously, with whom we had a good relationship.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of, uh, you know, the scope of possibility. The doesn't problem make perfect is, sense? The problem is, is that uh, it doesn't matter who he brings in. People are consuming this as they will. And conservatives are seeing a rehash because unfortunately for Biden, he's done this before, right? He's been in an administration for eight years. And so when he comes in and rehashes an, a, an administration that was in a, literally committed atrocities when they, with their foreign policy. I mean, the reason we are today where we are with China is because of the groundwork laid by Obama's failed foreign policy. He was extremely weak in foreign policy, and many people who are being honest would agree with me on that. And so to see all of these people sort of pulled out of the trash heap and recycled in the Biden administration well, is concerning. And then he has his other set of problems because there are a lot of people in his own party who should be celebrating this along with the news media, and they're instead saying, well, wait a second, this is a guy who was in trouble for, uh, for using torture in the Middle East, or this person may not be progressive enough because these are names that have been traditionally associated with the swamp. I mean, my gosh, you're talking about someone who isn't breaking any glass ceilings. John Kerry, we're recycling him to be a
2: climate czar? I will say, because the other side, uh, uh, it, it screams to be heard. No one's screaming here, but it's so obvious to say, it seems to me, that the American people in 2016 made a decision that the traditional, typical What we've seen before stuff is not working for whatever reason, whatever calculation individuals made. And in came a very different American president, our current president, Donald Trump, and picking people that were very atypical like Steve Bannon. And the list does go on. And four years later or back last, uh, well, this month, my gosh, it's a long November. People voted and they said, you know what? A lot of people, too,
1: which is we saw
2: we saw the new we saw the atypical. We saw the guy who didn't like traditional pop, and you know and what? Now we're going to We'd purchase
1: like- an election no. and put and the old guy back no. in charge. And
2: again. what they said was, seventy-five million said, and that's more votes than the president did receive. What they said is, we want to go. We're more comfortable with that, with that look. The Biden, the experience, the bureaucrat, allegedly. By the way, I- you mean allegedly in terms of the allegedly, voter? Allegedly, a bunch of voters said inter- that they
1: are more comfortable with that. Right.
2: Okay, so right. In the event because that 10 Donald Trump—
1: Because more people uh, voted okay. for Donald Trump, I'll just allegedly. I'll put my
2: own label like Facebook does on my own uh, statement. In the event that Donald Trump, in the event of some miracle, continues to be the president and Biden actually lost, I take back everything I just said. But uh, I don't oh, think I'll have to really? do that. Yeah, I, of course. Could you of get course. that on tape?
1: Oh, you got that? (laughs) Flag it. All right. I I was concerned when I heard national security advisor to be incoming, if we will call it that, Jake Sullivan. Talk about his job at the NSA would no longer just be about foreign threats to the United States. He was going to go after things like systemic racism and justice equality. Strap in if uh, Joe Biden is sworn in. It's going to be a long four years as we continue uh, a governor in Oregon making news. She has a very very controversial Thanksgiving order coming to her state will tell you what it is as your Wednesday morning answer continues
2: I was captured by a star.
0: the morning answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horne. Jen is the conservative Crusader Brian is our lovable liberal welcome to the answer.
1: Thanks for joining us on your Wednesday Morning Answer, Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for spending your morning with us. And it's not just we we shouldn't feel isolated. Or persecuted. Well, maybe we should feel persecuted, but we shouldn't feel like we're the only ones that are being persecuted by our local governing officials. You know, it was announced in LA County they would shut down restaurants. That happens tonight. And uh, well, like, uh, based on no science, by the way, no scientific evidence. This
2: point of. To- Understood. The The shutdown is on the dining outdoors. Restaurants still for takeout or delivery. We don't want folks to think they can't call their favorite place to get food or dinner or lunch. Most are still offering the takeout, the delivery. It's just a point of information, but the outdoor dining ban. Board of Supervisors had a chance yesterday to halt it, and they didn't go for it. A judge in L.A., Superior Court had a chance, and the judge did not stop it either.
1: So a couple of other. We also have the curfew in place. Yep. I don't know how many people are following that. Gavin Newsom saying everybody has to be home in the state of California. If your county's in the purple tier, tier all of Southern California is. You have to be home by 10 o'clock because apparently COVID only comes out about 10.01. Did well, I tell you what?
2: Uh, I'll tell you later what I read about what the guy said. It's an outrageous story about the nighttime curfew. A
1: couple uh, of other governors making news today, uh, all before we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving with our families. Oregon governor, we'll start there, is Kate Brown. And right. uh, remember, she had uh, like over 100 nights of violence in just outside of Portland during the summer. Lots of, uh, really, an
2: occupation of a city on, within
1: her state.
2: And it went, basically, there was no response from the governor. Uh, they it, it went on and on and on. We talked about it here.
1: And uh, then on Election Day, this is the same state that just legalized every single drug. I mean, any drug you think of from, forget marijuana, all the way up to heroin, legal, decriminalized in the state of Oregon yet. Oh. The Oregon Governor yeah. is asking you to call the police on your neighbors, yeah, if there are more than six people in your neighbor's home
2: Hi, I'm in Monrovia, and uh I'm uh, peering out my window as I do every Thanksgiving and just watching <laughs> people and staring at them. I see what appears to be well I'll do a quick head count for you. Well, eight, and there is the toddler. I don't know if you can. Oh, anyway, so we got. We definitely. It's not. It's not COVID nineteen, <laughs> but it's just a hard eight. It's a hard eight. I can't help immediately. <laughs>
1: This is, mean, is this is, is a problem. Doing? This is what she's saying. And she did it on television. She did an interview and she agreed that Oregonians should contact the authorities if they see their neighbors hosting more than six people. Those committing infractions will get a misdemeanor penalty of up to 30 days in jail and fines up to twelve hundred and fifty bucks or both, according to the governor's executive order.
2: We have been saying, and we say every year, we mean it. And folks are saying to folks, "Happy Thanksgiving, Happy Thanksgiving." And folks are trying to find in this very altered world a sense of normalcy, relaxing moment, a, a moment of being content with family and loved ones, and maybe a, a little bit of tradition. Uh, I don't want to say that there will be events, but I do believe, and uh, not not violent events. I do believe that people, not at all violent events. I do believe people will be. Over this Thanksgiving weekend, surprised when we look at the police blotter on Monday morning and you see what types of arrests were made wherever in the country. I'm not just saying Southern California, but if in fact – and there has been a great emphasis placed on eight people, ten people, not from different houses. We had a guy call us the other morning who said – what do he say, 50 people and they do it every right. year and they're going to keep doing it. Now, imagine you live next to that guy. Mm-hmm. It's an obvious – and under my hot I, – I was not argumentative, but I, the guy admitted, well, yeah, I'm really doing it in defiance to Newsom and Garcetti and all, and I understand. Look,
1: 50 seems like a lot, but is this what okay. we want our police – This is this what we want our police to do? What would you when do? When we've defunded them – I wouldn't call my – I wouldn't call the police what, on the so neighbors. I'd be like, you, wow, that's a big party. How stupid. And that would be it.
2: And then what would your action be? Nothing. Nothing. Of course, would you avoid their? Not home? a Karen. Would you not go by their house?
1: Well, I, I probably wasn't invited. They've invited no, the no, whole no. neighborhood.
2: But I'm asking, like, if, if in this environment, if we see someone, we will take our caller, our morning answer listener, who has 50 or roughly 50 people tomorrow. Excuse me. Yeah, tomorrow. Gosh, for Thanksgiving or at any point throughout the weekend, though you know the four day weekend, and I don't mean aggregate at one time, right? What do you do? Nothing. I mean. It, What is there to
1: do? No. What would I do? I mean, the only other, the only option would be to go over there and knock on the door and cause a scene, or you call the police. And I would not call the police on someone having a party.
2: I understand that, and I would not do that either.
1: Good. If I
2: well, well, hold on. (laughs) If you knew. Your neighbor, I'm just asking, at what point do you turn the governor's order in uh, Oregon? At what point do you say, yeah, you know, the governor's right. I should make a call. If if a COVID-19 positive person who is, uh, you know, uh, you know it, it's a friend, whatever it is. And, you know, and you see them uh, running through the uh, Vons. What do you do then without a mask? Do you make a no, seriously?
1: I wouldn't. I would call it I actually but we are living if, in an
2: era where people who look suspicious. Yeah. After 9-11 and all of this, you know, don't do, say something. If you see something, say something. But I'm not going to say all, something.
1: If someone's not wearing a mask, they might have a medical I, I, reason for not wearing it.
2: No, if that person, if you know a COVID,
1: I'm just trying to let's not let's under just, no ex- circumstance that I can think of. Would I call the police because people are simply gathering or not wearing a mask? They, I, I mean, said. if they're if they're shooting guns up in the air or something, what then if your neighbor?
2: Yeah. What if you? Kn- what if you're friends with your neighbor? Okay. And you know your neighbor is covid positive is 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 a is a positive person for okay. the coronavirus and you happen to see shopping today for thanksgiving your neighbor running through not run walking just shopping at a supermarket without a mask what a moral obligation if you want to tackle that ethical i look i'm not a guy who calls the cops on my neighbors either but at the same time There are some things in this surging number of cases that might not just be red flags, but as George W. Bush said, "If you see something, say something." I Uh,
1: wouldn't. I mean, if I saw if I saw someone that I knew with COVID walking through a store, I don't know how we got here from Oregon, but if I did, I'll play along.
2: Jen, here's how we got here. I'm 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 not being outrageous. We got here because the governor in Oregon is telling the people of Oregon, if you see your neighbor having a party with a lot of people. Okay, but that's why we're here, because about coronavirus. Okay, it's so about- I
1: will answer your question. If I okay. saw someone that I knew, like, okay, if I see you and I know you have COVID in the grocery store. I don't store, have COVID, right? I don't now. think that you do. I said, if you had it and you were walking through How the about grocery when store. when I had it? When and I, had I saw it. you walking in without a mask, I would say... Brian, and I would probably do it from a distance. I'd say, Brian, do you think it's the best idea to be out in the store? Why don't you call me and I'll bring you groceries? That's I what I do. would say. But I wouldn't call the cops. I wouldn't even tell the store manager. I mean, you give me a break. Please. If the mask work and the sanitizer works, we're going to – then that's what we have to rely on. I mean,
2: that that's really Wait, it. If there's no person – I i didn't intend – this why I love talking to you because I'm finding that there is uh, – Is there any personal responsibility – hear me out – in a pandemic, in this environment, where the same people who ordered the curfew and closed down the restaurants, they're thinking about a second safer-at-home order, which is likely, according to some reports, to happen here in California. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking you, with the urgency as high as it is, whether we believe it or not, and that that actually matters, what is the personal responsibility – if you see something, is the governor? Well, the of onus would
1: be on you if you're out with COVID in a grocery store. So the moral responsibility no, no, no. lies, personal responsibility relies with the person. So, no, but that's yeah. like saying that somebody
2: who looks suspicious after nine looked suspicious. These are two at, different things, no, though. No, okay, I, I understand. We'll agree
1: to disagree because I want to tell you about no, no. Pennsylvania. Because Pennsylvania, the governor in Pennsylvania, has made another one of these outrageous orders. So Oregon's not right. alone. California's not alone. Well, Pennsylvania is saying today that it. Five o'clock, alcohol sales stop in the state of California.
2: And I'm not saying that I'm in (laughs) in agreement with this stuff, but I am asking an important question. And I understand folks might not uh, be prepared to answer it, but I'm just at what point is the citizen's responsibility when the collective society is at risk of something? At what point does a citizen say, hey, I got to do something about X, Y, Z, unattended bag, weird looking guy, person who I know is if sick. If someone's running-
1: breaking a law, then you call the police. But if someone is are- not, but a mask is not a law. A mask it's is... not the mask. It's the person who is... Uh, okay, you, anyway, you, just quickly, yeah. really quick, go because ahead, Pennsylvania, ahead. this story is a big one. Pennsylvania says tonight, 5 o'clock, no alcohol sales, because they want to prohibit people from uh, drinking out in restaurants. They want to prohibit people from getting together. This is another one of those orders that is just driving people again to those small gatherings where the science actually exists. People are spreading COVID around. Pretty incredible stuff. As we continue, Sidney Powell says... She's got a new lawsuit, and it's coming today. Will she have the evidence people have been waiting for? As your Wednesday Morning Answer continues.
0: The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Jen is the conservative crusader. Brian is our lovable liberal. Welcome to The Answer.
1: Thanks for joining us. It's your Wednesday Morning Answer. Happy Thanksgiving from all of us here, Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Happy to be spending a Wednesday that feels like a Friday with you. And, Brian, a lot of people and yes. on both sides of the aisle, not political. This is Democrats saying, yeah, if there's anything here, where's the evidence? Republicans saying these are really big claims. We want to see the evidence as well.
2: You're talking about voter fraud here.
1: Talking about voter fraud and the claims uh, that Sidney Powell has made, who last week – About this time, I think it was Thursday of last week when Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, Lynn Wood all went out and presented various information on various cases that were being filed in courts across the country. Sidney Powell made the biggest claims, the boldest claims, where she said that there was a. Really an attempt based in communism to to change the results of our election that had happened in twenty twenty she said it happened in twenty sixteen and you it was up, done with go- Dominion and smart Dominion voting systems and smartmatic
2: that's right and uh, uh Sidney Powell was socially distanced from <laughs> uh the, the Trump legal team said she's not a part of our legal team uh, but the president had tweeted weeks ago that she was part of the team is the word he used but uh, she made she brought up Hugo Chavez who is dead by the way as uh being somehow related to or culpable in this allegation she was making of voter fraud and irregularity you're right what she said went beyond what the others said and uh she has been sort of alienated after that.
1: Well, it's it's interesting to see because as she also mentioned she you're right. She talked about um, she talked about Hugo Chavez. She talked about Maduro and this being used in that election that we paid a lot of attention to here and wondered what was going on where Juan Guaido was uh, said he was the winner. And uh, then Maduro kept the presidency and tried to push him out and use military force to do that. There was all of that going on. She also mentioned China having a hand in all of this. And more than alienated. I mean, I think there are some people who are asking. I mean, big names in talk radio asking, "Okay, we're saying this. Let's let's get the proof." And I think that's that's fair. Sydney Powell has said, "I have the proof. The lawsuits are coming." And uh, I say, if she has something that proves these claims, this is the b- biggest political scandal of our lifetime, certainly if it, if it pans out. If it not, this is one of the biggest political hoaxes then of our lifetime. Sydney Powell is planning her first lawsuit today in Georgia, at least according to reports. Just the news saying, and this is John Sullivan's site, that she plans to file a Georgia election-related lawsuit no later than tomorrow. That was last night, so we're expecting today that we will see the first round of evidence and at least the charges made in the state of Georgia. The defendants will be the state. This is uh, according to Sidney Powell on Lou Dobbs' show on Tuesday night. She said she expects to file a lawsuit that alleges massive election fraud tainted the 2020 election. She described the suit as a massive document and said it will have lots of exhibits included with it. The defendants, again, the state of Georgia, the secretary of state's office.
2: While it certainly appeared that uh, the attorney, Sidney Powell, was part of the team there with Rudy Giuliani, uh, Joe Genova uh, 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 all of these folks who are on the team of President Trump's election legal effort. Sidney Powell is not. They, The Trump administration, they will all say she's doing this alone now at this point, right. which is odd. And she I'm confirmed
1: sh- that, actually. Uh, she does confirm Yeah, she yeah, said, no I've doubt. never taken money from the president. I've never taken money from the RNC. And people are but saying – well, they were well,
2: sort of embarrassed by her. I'd well, think. either obvious. she got
1: ahead of her – she got over her skis a bit with some of these claims or – and some people also feel that this is true. Strategically, they wanted the separation so that this could be done privately and not necessarily linked back to the government because there might be ethics violations and all of that. So having her operate alone might actually be more powerful than having, having her work with the Trump 2020 team. Now, while we're talking about Georgia, the attorney, Lynn Wood, who we also spoke about, served a subpoena to Georgia officials, and he's asking for video evidence, which he feels may reveal voter fraud. He's Subpoenaing for that footage, he's asking them to produce footage from the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, and he wants the stuff that was filmed between November the 3rd and 4th. The documents filed in court in Atlanta yesterday, and uh, he wants stuff from room 604 at this arena in particular. Whoa. And the elevators... Around it. Now, there's video footage of all of that. He believes ballot dumps and tampering took place in the arena in that area when officials stopped the counter. We heard about this. Do you remember to a burst water pipe and everything had to be stopped in Georgia? And it turns out that that water pipe never actually happened. It was reported oh. that that was the reason for the stoppage and counting. Well, hold on. There was no evidence that the water pipe oh. actually even oh. burst.
2: Oh. I think we need some X-Files or something for this because we're now into the mysterious and nebulous Room 604. Do we have hey. some
1: X-Files music? I mean, but, look, I'll go you know along with, with the conspiracy say. theory. I do but- want to
2: say, folks, that the greatest democracy, I mean, have you heard about Room 604? I mean, it's so bad. But- In Room 604, never before was it confirmed
0: Room 604
2: behind that darkened door was terrible, very bad things. By the way, I'm not saying that, I'm really not saying much these days, but I am the guy (laughs) who told you that I won the election. If you count legal votes, I'm the winner, clearly. I mean, that actually, that statement from the sitting president is actually, no, give me the music, please don't make the music go away when I talk about Donald Trump." Trump. Oh, my goodness, he's a conspiracist.
1: Well, I don't know if he's a conspiracist, if this stuff turns out to be true. This is a bit strange. Room 604? What happened there? Well, think about it. The news media reported that they stopped counting votes in Georgia because of a water pipe. Well, now evidence is showing that there was no water pipe, nothing burst. So why did they say that? Why would officials in Georgia claim that? if it didn't actually happen. I mean, that's worth an explanation, right? At least, I mean, without the the X-Files music or anything, I mean, you can leave it going because I love a good conspiracy and plus I love the X-Files.
2: So I actually And it also brings true to a lot of people that these are, uh, look. These are just
1: basic questions that could be answered and put my mind at ease or put everyone's mind at ease if they would just say, well, yeah, we were mistaken about the water pipe. It wasn't this. We stopped counting votes because... Fill oh, in the blank.
2: Well, the Okay. But you know what? I, it just occurs to me, and uh, your reaction, please. Room 604 and the water main, and all of that. Well, I'm listening to you, and you're right. It's being talked about. It's an incident. Mm-hmm. It is not systemic, more than normal, or consequential voter fraud or irregularity. Maybe. We don't know. I mean, that's... Well, we don't even know what is behind the door. Literally, that's right Monty that's Hall, why what's we behind have... the door at room 604. That's why what...
1: it would answer a lot of questions to just
2: have the arena if there was nothing wrong. Again, if there's well, nothing wrong, we... just
1: turn over the video but... so that we can see
2: it. But the, it doesn't work that way. You don't say something's wrong, and then the people, they, they have to then disprove. So the judge said to the Trump legal team, it doesn't work that way. And I, I'm seriously asking um, – if room, I mean, it's kind of funny, right? Room six hundred four, whatever it is, we don't even really know what the meat is behind room six hundred four, but we know there is a voter fraud irregularity issue. Is planting that seed about that incident significant enough to legitimize a president who is saying I didn't lose or won't say that I lost? Well, I mean, because these little ins excuse me—these incidents are seemingly the fuel. For this train, which is running across the country.
1: 855-785-8255. You can join us in conversation. I think this is important and I'm glad we're we're talking about it because in every election there are irregularities and there are instances of voter fraud and we know that. Now, are these and by the way, that's unacceptable. We should do better. We should be better and we should constantly be trying to get better and I think our secretaries of state have failed us in that effort because they kind of like having the wiggle room of uh, voter fraud and bloated voter rolls. That being said, is it enough to overturn the results of the election? And the question, the answer to that question is right now, Brian. We just don't know because here's what I saw with my own eyes, and I think many people did see it as well. And we haven't really been offered an explanation for it in, and I'll say in three states. Although I would actually categorize this with with Arizona as well. So, but let's just say for the sake of fairness, th- actually four states: All right, Wisconsin, four.
2: Uh-huh. and
1: I'll take Arizona out. Wisconsin. Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, all okay. saw their votes stopped in the middle of the night. That is unprecedented.
2: It doesn't not. happen.
1: The counting of ballots does not stop. They, uh, they continue that. So four states stopped counting ballots. Now, no one's really offered a good reason as to why. Georgia tried and said that there was a water explosion. So, okay, if there was a water pipe that broke, great. That explains it. But now Question. we're finding out that the water pipe did not break. So the water if you ask, pipe
2: in the state of –
1: In Georgia. Right. So if you're asking if it matters, well, those four states really do because if President Trump won three of them mm-hmm. or two of them, Which he'd be a in a deal. much different place than we are today. So does right. it impact the outcome of the election? I'm I say, fair... yeah, it okay. does.
2: I, uh, OK. Well, it imp- if it happened. Or it could. OK. Question – you, you talk about you, Janet, we're conversing. It's not a trial. We're just talking yeah. about, okay.
1: I've do got my be- lawyer present just in case <laughs> you get out of hand, but you know, whatever, it's fine. Do
2: you Do you believe that the election officials in those four states got together, conspired prior to the election to put into place what would be a web of deceit, a web of disenfranchising certain voters and do you believe that those in those four states for example since you brought those four up that the elections officials secretaries of state potentially i don't know but people who, with with power over the election and counting votes do did they get together and plan this and did it happen uh concurrently and it, do you think that
1: happened uh i do, the answer is i don't know and i'm just being completely honest but i think that it is worth because of all of these uh, these inconsistencies in normal process. And because of the law changing in many of these states right before the election, I think it's very possible that there could be some bad actors involved. And I think it it merits the investigation that is still ongoing. And I think it's the only fair way to give people assurance that our elections are free and fair. All right. A change to COVID-19 rules on quarantine. You won't believe what the CDC is recommending as your Wednesday Morning Answer continues.